Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and well, this is episode 51. Uh, I can't even believe that I totally forgot about episode 50 being kind of a milestone last week for us. So we've been going uh, over a year now. We haven't. We try to do it every week, but obviously we miss a few weeks here and there. So we've almost completed a full week's worth of podcasts. But so yeah, pretty pretty big deal for me. I mean, it's something that I started last year for fun, and now it's uh, been growing and blossoming, and I love that. But as we know, another day, another dollar, another crappy DLC paid pay to win online microtransaction scam hits the newswire. And uh, today it's going to start with UFC 3. So this is the latest sports game from EA. UFC 3, it's the Ultimate Fighting Championship if you're not aware. Um, I'm actually quite of a UFC fan. I don't watch much anymore. I was really big into it, you know, 10, 10 years ago. And uh, me and Jenny still like to watch, uh, like, The Ultimate Fighter when we can, so uh, because it's more of a reality show, I guess. But uh, anyway, UFC 3, um, they recently had their beta, so everyone was like, okay, well, let's let's check this game out. Obviously, played online, see what it's like. And even though the, the all the horrendousness from Battlefront 2 is still out there and the dust is still settling, EA decides to release... Or I should say they decided to implement their their ultimate team style of card-based system like FIFA and Madden have. They're implementing that into UFC. So as you look down the list, you uh, here's like a list of, of cards, for instance. So uh, <laughs> it takes fighter attributes, moves, boosts, and perks into account and prioritizes matching players with similarly upgraded fighters in addition to player skill. So think of it as like, warhammer miniatures where you have an army size so if you want you could have 100 little guys or you could have 50 little guys and one tank or you could have 10 little guys and two tanks or whatever the the formula comes out to so this is trying to say that you'll only be matched with other people that have paid a bunch of money for all these cards and everything but this is like again one of the most egregious pay to win strategies i think i've ever seen and so yeah so so like here you can get a card that has a hook that's six speed and three accuracy as opposed to a hook that might have four speed and two accuracy i mean it this isn't a sports game where you're getting better players and it's a team game this is literally one-on-one fighting where you're making your fists do more damage than the other players fists and i understand that a lot of money ea makes is from their ultimate card system like I'm trying to find the numbers here. So uh, EA makes over $1 billion each year from the sales of extra content, which includes microtransactions for Ultimate Team card packs. Uh, It's a very accepted mode. Obviously, um, uh, there are people trying to boycott like FIFA 18 and Madden over it, but they're the only game in town really. I mean, Madden is the only NFL game around, so you have to buy Madden if you want to play NFL. At least there are other... Uh, f- uh, you know, soccer games or football games. It's very. Let me turn that off. Whoops. <laughs> it's very. Um, I don't. It's very offensive to me. I guess. Like, what's? Why would you play this online with somebody when you know that someone who has more money than you can get an automatic advantage? You know, it's just so crazy to me. And I guess you know a lot of people lately have been making the argument with stuff like Magic the Gathering cards, and. Stuff like that. And you're like, well, yeah, I guess if you had $100, you could buy more Magic the Gathering cards than someone else for a random chance to be better than them. So I guess that sucks too. 
which I would agree with. I mean, I always thought it was crappy that someone with more money would have an advantage. Like I said, that happens in real life already. We don't need to have that in our entertainment. But this is a way you don't have to do that here. Like Magic the Gathering, you have to have a way to get people their cards. It's not like Magic the Gathering is like a different game that cards give you boosts. Like Magic the Gathering is playing with the cards you get. UFC could exist as a great game without anything like this, but obviously EA makes a ton of money off this money, money talks, uh, especially if we don't walk and it's just another one, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing with this. I, I mean, they're doing it to make money obviously, and that's how it should be, but it's really frustrating to me lately, especially that EA has these plans and they're going to keep doing it because they know people are going to buy this stuff. And I mean, it's getting to the point now where you almost have to do a full boycott of everything EA because this is their model going forward. When they talked about how they canceled, when they um, shut down Visceral and they canceled that Star Wars game and they started making comments about how, well, players are, are getting bored with just single-player games, that's EA's perspective based on how much money they make from people buying stuff like this. And it's it, it, and, and again, it, and I, I w- I'm in the camp of believing that it is a form of legalized gambling. I think it is gambling. And, and I'm also frustrated by the fact that you can get doubles. I actually wouldn't have such a problem with randomization if you were never guaranteed to get a double. You know, I mean, that that makes sense to me. You know, like, you buy 10 packs of ultimate cards. Once you open a pack, that card gets at your inventory. You can no longer get that card. That then helps you, like, get a complete deck. But, like, I play, like, for instance, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I don't buy money in that game because that's really stupid, but you get free points that you can use to buy crates. So I open my crates with my money, and... I open a crate and I've gotten like 10 pairs of the same crappy camouflage pants. And it's so stupid to me. Like, I don't want 10 pairs of camouflage pants. Why Why do I have to? Like, you're already random. It's already, you don't get to pick what you want. Why can't you have a store where you can use your points to pick the items you want? You know, they, they but they like this because gambling is addictive and they're trying to get people hooked on paying this extra money for this stuff. And it's ridiculous. So obviously... EA found huge success with this with Madden and FIFA. So they're expanding it out to the rest of their games. They expanded out to Star Wars Battlefront 2, and they're not slowing down anytime soon. UFC 3 is just as abrasive. It's just as horrible. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, the UFC 3 doesn't come out till next year. It releases on February 2nd. Uh, but I really hope that nobody buys it. And, and I hate to say that, but I, I really think that EA will not learn until we actually start showing them that, the, that we will not continue to be assaulted by this now i know there's a bunch of people out there that'll say well i'll buy the game but i won't buy the cards unfortunately that doesn't help us because buying the game still is showing your support for them and it's really frustrating to me you know it's it i just want to like wring someone at ea's neck out because it just i mean but again is it their fault i guess if they're just doing what the market is telling them is okay so as i've always said many times in the show we we have to be better than that we have to be better than ea and we have to be better customers. We have to be able to put our foot down and say, you know what? That's a great looking game, but I'm not going to buy it because I don't like what you're doing. Just like how you wouldn't, you know, like support a store that treated its workers badly. Not Although a lot of people still do. But that's one of those situations where, you know, it, you can take a stand. And sometimes a stand means sacrifice. And in this instance, the sacrifice isn't that great. We're talking about video games here, people. You know, it's not like I'm asking you to give up your home as a sacrifice for some greater good. But it, it is a sacrifice nonetheless. I really wanted to play Star Wars Battlefront 2. I'd love to play a Star Wars game, especially with the new movie coming out. I'm very excited about it. I'd, I'd love to play a Star Wars game that got me amped up, but you know what? It doesn't, so that's fine. 
Um, I, I refuse to give in to EA's tactics, so I won't do it. And we had to move on, and it sucks. Uh, and then what's funny about that, so connected to that story, uh, in, in a way, since we're talking about Star Wars Battlefront 2, is that EA, just yesterday, um, it's received so much negative feedback about Battlefront 2's multiplayer rewards that they have now boosted the amount of rewards you receive. So I want to kind of read through here. Um, let's see here. The biggest change increases the amount of credits earned after multiplayer matches. Um, so there's a YouTube channel called Battlefront Updates. He did a test of the update and found that they're rewarding. Their reward following a match was slightly over 600 credits. Before this change, a competent player could expect roughly half that amount. Another change will allow players in the offline arcade mode to get up to 1,500 credits per day instead of 500. So that was one of the things I talked about in my Battlefront 2 roasting uh, a couple weeks ago was that they were they were capping you in single player. And the idea was, oh, you can't just farm single player to get rewards for multiplayer. And I kind of understand that thought. But if someone has to play that much single player to unlock the characters they want to play as, that's wrong too. Like just, you know what I mean? Like just let people play arcade matches against bots. Like who cares? And who cares? It's not like, you know, you wouldn't have this problem again if you didn't have a pay to win model. You, If it's just cosmetics and it's just random, who cares? It doesn't matter if somebody earns a whole bunch of credits offline, you know? It's so dumb. And and when you look at this, and while I'm not a fan of the Call of Duty games, they've never had to resort to anything like this before. They've never had to do random this. You just unlocked guns by using guns, and then they had what we what the prestige system was, which was you level up, and then you, you prestige level one, and then you lose all your ranks and all your guns again, but then you can rank up all of them again to get to prestige level two. And so that was a way of progressing people and giving them a sense of accomplishment through online without having to have this bullcrap loot crate system. So I guess I'm glad that EA is realizing their mistakes, but they're only doing this because they know that they're getting so much backlash. One, from it, they're getting backlash. And two, they don't have the people playing that they want to. And you know what? I'm sure the game still sold well. I'm still, I'm sure it was still going to be a financial success based on how many copies they sell. But all of this negativity definitely hurt the sales of this game. Because you could have had, like, look at some games that don't really get a lot of promotion but do the right thing by its its crowd, like The Witcher. The Witcher 3 sold a ton and it continues to sell a ton. Doesn't need to have any sort of crappy microtransactions. You know, this Star Wars game, EA could have came out and been like, you know what, Let's we're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to make the best game we can make. We don't need to make extra money off it. It'll sell a ton just because it's Star Wars. But that wasn't good enough for them. They had to keep going. They had to keep, you know, keep pushing us and pushing us to the limits of decency until we finally crack. I'd like to think we cracked on this game. Now, obviously, UFC 3 has been in development so long that that system was built into it already. So we can't expect their next game, UFC 3, to not have that. But I think it's more than fair to expect going forward that they should at least pull this back a little bit. But again, who knows? I mean, I, I'd like to think that now we're up their ass, and whenever you're up their ass, it's, you know, we're making them uncomfortable. <laughs> Excuse the uh, the, the horrific uh, visuals there. But we're making them uncomfortable by, by always hounding them to do the right thing, and hopefully that transitions to them changing their perspective on things in the future. Probably won't, but hopefully it will. So that was kind of like the only real big story, but I had a lot of little ones I wanted to talk about today. Uh, going along with that. So this one, it's personally close to me. Um, but FromSoft has announced that the Armored Core series isn't finished yet, which is awesome. So uh, everyone knows From Software, 
they developed the Souls games, so... Well, originally Kingsfield, which is one of my favorite games. P- they were killing it on PS1, in my opinion. They had Armored Core, and they had Kingsfield. And they were, and then they came out with a bunch of great games like Shadow Tower. I mean, they were they were killing it. Um, so they announced that they're, they're doing an Armored Core 20th anniversary stream. Don't know why they're doing an Armored Core 20th anniversary stream, but they were. But they made a note to say there are no announcement of new games going to happen at the Armored Core 20th anniversary stream. So that sucks. So here was the tweet. Translated. Thank you for watching the Armored Core 20th Anniversary Music Special Broadcast. There is nothing we can announce now, but we don't intend to end the AC series, Armored Core series, so we'd be happy if you could wait a little longer. Even going forward, thanks from thanks for supporting From Software. So they didn't really come out and say there's a new game coming out, but they've also said we're not done with Armored Core. Now, I am a huge Armored Core fan from back in the day. So PS1, the first Armored Core game was... I don't even know how to describe it. It was, it was like... It was so cool because FromSoft had a way of making you feel like you were driving a big robot. Not that I know what that's like in real life, but you didn't, it wasn't anime inspired where you're flying around at lightning speed and dashing around, but you, so you felt heavy, you felt clunky. However, you could customize your, your core fully. So you could make it a light, you know, nimble, very light, very fast, but couldn't hold a lot of guns core, or you could do the tank treads do like quad rocket launchers laser guided laser sword for close range and the thing moved at the pace of a snail but it kicked ass as a huge robot huge core and so you but you got to choose like you you fully customized your robot now what i liked about the original game was you had missions you would go on but you also had the arena so you were slowly trying to climb this arena by beating the other mechs in combat but then you'd also have missions uh so the first two games were like that armored core and armored core project phantasma and then they started to split it off so then they started to do like oh let's make a game they made armored core arena and that was like just an arena focused armored core game and so then they kind of split it off and said let's do and then they kind of switched back and forth a little bit between oh let's do a uh, an armored core like an arena only one then we'll do a mission only one that sort of stuff um on the ps2 armored core 2 was a launch title which is funny because it was technically Armored Core 4 in the U.S. Who knows how many they came out with in Japan. <laughs> and, and it was Armored Core 2 in the U.S. Because what they would do is they would do like Armored Core 2 and they did Armored Core 2 Another Age. So they were doing like sequels to the numbered versions and then they came out with Armored Core 3. Uh, but these games were incredible. Armored Core 3 had one of my favorite like moments in gaming. <clears throat> so there's a mission in Armored Core 3 where... Uh, a, a ship had sunk in these like uh, frozen waters so you're on a huge frozen lake and there's just one hole in the ground and that's like the port exhaust for the ship because it's fully sunk except for this shaft that's how you enter the ship and apparently there's some very uh some very important cargo in the bottom that they don't want anyone to find so your mission is to go in this ship that's sunk and go all the way to the bottom find the cargo bay blow up the cargo and then escape so pretty cut and dry mission, but you're timed because you've got like, I think three or four minutes because you're trying to, you know, the ship is sinking. That's, that's the, the picture they're trying to paint for you. So the ship's sinking, you got to get in there, you got to get out. There's defenses on the ship. You got to blow them up. It's really cool, really neat level design. And I go through the whole thing. I didn't change my mech at all. I always ran like a medium to medium heavy build was usually my style. Uh, and so I'm going through and, and I get away the bomb, blow up the stuff. And I'm, I'm getting out, you know, and, and it's, I'm getting really close on time and I've got like 30 seconds left. And and in this game, you have so much boost you can use like you, and that all depends on the parts you use as well, how much you weigh and you can boost for so long. So you can fly essentially. 
and so you're flying out and then if you run out of boost you don't fly anymore it's just that simple you crash well you don't crash but you soar back down to the ground and i was on the because the the entry the shaft was really long so on the way out you have to fly you know you basically have to get underneath the 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 exhaust port and then look up and then just fly straight out with whatever amount of time you have remaining so i get back there i've got like 30 seconds left so i get underneath the the port and i just i just uh start flying straight up and i'm like oh this is cool this is cool and then i kind of drift a little bit to the side and i start riding the wall but i'm still sliding up against the wall so i'm pushing 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 and i don't realize that at the very top of the exhaust port is a little bit of a lip so right as i'm about to fly out of the exhaust port my head just hits this little lip and then my my uh <laughs> my boost runs out and I slowly start sinking back down this huge exhaust port as I'm watching the timer tick down from 10 to zero. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I, as soon as I land, I've got like two seconds to try to get back up, which was not enough time. And I ended up failing the mission. But it was like this really cool moment of you could see that happening, you know, like it, it, it gave me a real sense of tension. And it was a really cool moment for me. And, and anyway, Armored Core was filled with a bunch of great moments. And then later they added online battles and it was really cool. <laughs> um, I have not I was not a fan unfortunately the last two armored core games that came out which was armored core 5 and armored core 5 verdict day they kind of changed the way this the games work their story mode was atrocious i hate to say like for FromSoft, i was kind of dis- very disappointed but the story mode was kind of stupid i did like the online you could actually make yourself a mercenary and other people would bring you into their game to help but they'd have to pay you to do it kind of like it was cool you know you had a mercenary fee and all that sort of stuff so i really like that which FromSoft, obviously with the souls games always does a very unique sort of system when it comes to online uh to fit their narrative of their game and i thought that was really cool but i I just really felt the game felt flat and and i was hoping though now that that uh, armored core is done uh they haven't done a new one for xbox one or ps4 so i'm hoping that they work on a new one but that they also kind of try to go back a little bit to the series when it was different you know go back to the ps1 versions like like remember those times that's when their sales were best you know and i don't know if we'll ever get to see that but i'm certainly hoping so uh so that was interesting so armored core still going uh it will continue they're releasing a special armored core ps4 theme today which i think is kind of awesome and that also tells you that they got to be pretty close to something i don't know i mean i guess that's not necessarily true but you know typically you don't release armored core stuff for free unless you're trying to build up the base for it you know um but yeah so that's uh that's pretty cool we'll see how that goes uh new armored core always exciting for me anyway (laughs) most people probably disagree (laughs) Uh, and then this is really big news. So just yesterday, uh, Capcom reveals that the Mega Man X collection is coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, and that they've also announced Mega Man 11. So that's two huge Mega Man announcements from Capcom. So we can no longer say how Capcom is ignoring the old Blue Bomber. And because, uh, well, for one, they haven't been because they re-released the Legacy Collection too. Uh, the Legacy Collection 1 and 2, they had both of those. Now this one, the X Collection, is apparently going to go all the way up to X8, which is interesting because 7 and 8 were PS2 games, and quite frankly, not very good PS2 games. They tried to go with, and this leads into the later part of the story here, they tried to go with like a 2.5D look. It was like, oh, it's 2D, but it's 3D models on a 2D plane. Eh, not not my favorite sort of style. And uh, so we... uh, (laughs) They announce Mega Man 11's coming out, and then they start showing like these really cool sprite graphics, and I'm like, "Oh, this is really cool!" And then it does like like the video trailer for it kind of does this um, it kind of does this uh like transition 
to what the actual game's going to look like. So I'm watching the trailer live here. Shows 2018, 30th anniversary, retro Mega Man picks up a thing. He teleports out and then teleports in to a 2.5D version of Mega Man. And I just died a little inside. Now, I will admit, this game looks better than stuff like Mighty Number no. 9 or even like Bloodstained. Um, so I, but I'm, I am nervous about it. You know, I, I just, it doesn't look great. And I'm worried about the controls. I'm worried about being clunky. It does look good for a 2.5 D game, but it still has this really weird, like 3d look to it. And I just don't like it. It almost looks like claymation, you know, or these really, these really crappy, like cheap cartoons that come out nowadays. Like they use this really cheap 3d animation. That's what it reminds me of. And, and I understand that. And, and, and if you don't, I'll just explain real quick. I mean, 3d animation is easier and cheaper than 2d pixel animation is and so i understand that it's a cost thing most of the time but man they made Mega Man 9 and 10 look that retro style and they were great and they sold a ton so i hope this is good obviously um uh i don't know i'm just i'm not i'm not excited about it quite frankly and i i really hope it's good it just doesn't look particularly interesting to me but capcom i guess the good side is that capcom is looking at they are looking forward to the the Mega Man franchise and trying to keep it relevant trying to keep it going not just releasing all the old stuff but also releasing essentially a new title now this this what was interesting about this is this is something that i don't understand why more companies haven't done why don't you take those old franchises that started off 2d on old consoles and remake 2d versions of them why doesn't nintendo and, and you could argue they did this on the 3DS, but I actually really hated Samus Returns, Metroid 2 Samus Returns um, for the 3DS. I thought that was the worst offender of 2.5D. Um, not a fan of Mercury Steam at all um, with their 2D stuff. But uh, why doesn't Nintendo pay way forward to make a freaking 2D Metroid game that looks amazing? Like, they do that on purpose, you know? Like, they, they do games that look like this. And uh, so why don't they do that? I don't know. Uh, why don't, why doesn't Konami have a new 2D Contra come out? I mean, we, we, I guess we saw Double Dragon, a Double Dragon 4 come out, which as much as that game wasn't perfect, it was exactly what we wanted though. It was a throwback to old games. So some companies get it. Some companies are doing it. I don't understand why more companies aren't doing it. I mean, hell, why not even do a new Metal Gear game, but make it a top down kind of like the original Metal Gear was for NES. You know, I mean, that just, that just makes sense. It just makes sense. So, um, that I always find that confusing when companies like it's so easy. It's right in front of them. Like make a 2d version of Contra. Why do we not have a new Contra? They've been talking about, I mean, there were rumors that Mercury Steam was working on a new Contra, which obviously didn't come true or if they were, it got canceled. Um, but why make a 3d Contra? Why make a, don't make a first person shooter Contra. Like that's all crap. Don't do that. Make a twenty dollar indie indie style because it's not indie because it's Konami it's a big company make a twenty dollar like small size uh, budget game that's great in two D I mean it's like that simple this isn't like rocket science here and I don't understand why these companies can't make sense of that because one it plays to your fan base keeps your franchises relevant and you're gonna make money too I mean it's it's really that simple. Um, now it is interesting though, part of this whole thing, uh, with the, uh, th this, this month is the 30th anniversary of the original Mega Man, which came out on the NES anyway, on December 17th of 1987. So that's pretty cool. So the blue bombers 30 years old this year, uh, 
so I don't know. We'll see. Mega Man 11 coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC in late 2018. So we've got almost a year left for Mega Man 11. But then the uh, Mega Man X collection coming... Mm, let's see here. I don't I don't think it says... Uh... Yeah, yeah. They're also bringing Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2 to the Switch. Um, which makes total sense because the Switch is blowing the doors off of everything. And... Um... Yeah, so, uh, that's, uh, that's, no, oh, not PS4, okay, hold on a second, sorry, I'm looking up something, we, here we go, um, and, uh, because I wanted to tack on something to that, which I found very, very interesting, <laughs> but, uh, so, Mega Man's still relevant, I guess, so that's good, um, nothing wrong with that, want to, uh, want to keep, uh, want to keep all that stuff fresh, so, one thing that, uh, this was being, uh, reported on about a month ago, but it's just started picking up steam like a week or two ago. I found it incredibly hilarious um, that uh, Nintendo has announced that the Switch will outsell the Wii U before the year is done. <laughs> so the Nintendo has already Nintendo's already sold 7.63 million Nintendo Switches, um, which was uh, which is about half what the Wii sold uh, in the first year all the way through March though. Uh, the, the, which, which was the entire lifetime of the Wii U. Um, it's incredible to me. Thir- they, they sold 13.56 million Wii U's uh, from launch until March of 2017. And they've already sold 7.63 million switches to that's through October from March to October. So that's in seven months they sold as much or they sold half as much as the Wii U sold in five years. Unbelievable. Not really because the Wii U was a mismarketed mess. Clearly Nintendo learned a lot of lessons, even though I thought the Wii U was a mighty fine console. I thought it was really neat and very cool and it had games on it. I wanted, but sadly uh, Nintendo made missteps with marketing and naming and, and presenting it also releasing it around the same time as some some real mega machines like the ps4 and xbox one it wasn't doing anything different um so but that's i I found that story incredibly interesting um because i don't know it was just how does that happen how do you have a system flop that bad in five years and sell that much but who cares the uh the switch is hot that's all that really matters and that ties into why they're bringing everything to the switch including the Mega Man legacy collection one and two but how awesome was that? I mean, the Switch doing very well. I'm happy for them. I love the idea. It's a handheld, but it plugs into the TV. So once the 3DS is done being produced, most likely by the end of this uh, next year, which is 2018, the Switch will take over full. Everything will be coming out on the Switch, which means I don't have to play handhelds anymore. I can play them with a controller in the comfort of my home, on my couch, on my TV, instead of having to play Monster Hunter games anywhere else. Speaking of Monster Hunter, this uh, the beta is this weekend uh for the for monster hunter worlds on ps4 which is coming out at the end of uh, january but the beta is you can preload december 8th and you can start playing december 9 10 11 12 so saturday sunday monday tuesday but it ends tuesday morning so we'll see how that all works out but i'm very excited for that beta just want to crank on it see how it all works out but um anyway that's all i had to say about uh about the switch and about mega man so uh, again, that was a, a lot of little ones today, a uh, little, little things I want to touch on and, 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 and touch base on. Uh, this was an interesting announcement because I forgot all about this game even existing, <laughs> but apparently DayZ is still coming to PS4 
Xbox One will get it first sometime next year. PS4, they can't verify if it's coming out next year even or not. But it's for sure coming out of early access. So DayZ will officially be a released game sometime next year. And then as soon as it launches officially on PC, we'll enter the, uh, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the early access style, the game preview, um, which is the early access program on Xbox one. So apparently they're still working on this game, which is interesting because I was, I had to look at my steam library to when I bought the standalone because I had played the mod for a little while. Then I officially bought the standalone on December of 2013 so I bought Daisy four years ago, and I, I wanted to look up. I wanted to do a brief history of Daisy for anybody who doesn't know. So, if anybody who doesn't know what Daisy is, Daisy started off as a mod for a game called Arma Two. So, Arma Two was a very uh, realistic army simulator, I guess you would call it, and uh, Daisy was a zombie take on that. So you exist in the same world where you have things like food and hunger. A game like this is really what helped push survival games really into the mainstream. This inspired a lot of, a lot of that. And so Daisy was a zombie survival game, uh, set in like a fictitious Russian, uh, I don't what island, and uh, you're during a zombie outbreak. So the idea was there were no rules. So you'd have other players, you could loot, you could kill other people, you could kill the zombies, the zombies were all controlled by the computer. Uh, you'd loot, do a lot of looting, so you'd go into buildings looking for better weapons and ammo, and that'd be it. Uh, when I started playing the game, and we have some great footage of this, I'll try to find it so I can do a link to it, but uh, when I used to play games with Pro Jared and Josh and Austin, we played Daisy all at the same time, and, and we had some hilarious stories. The game was super buggy in the beginning, but we had some hilarious stories of of running around and, and looting and getting chased by zombies. The zombies were run, would run just a little less faster than you. So a zombie would literally chase you across the entire map. It was really stupid. And um, there was no way to like to stop them. Like You could break line of sight with them and they were supposed to stop, but then they would slowly walk around the area. It was really, I don't know. It was, the game was pretty clunky. But originally it was a free download if you had Arma 2, and then you wait for a sale in Arma 2, and then you play the the beta so imagine a game like if you've ever played player knowns battlegrounds imagine a game that controls kind of like that it's not good controls it's kind of janky uh you can't really jump it's there's a little bit of vaulting and jumping but it's very it's a very realistic controlling game you're not jumping off walls you're not running and double jumping you're not running all over the place it's just very realistic um and, it, and I guess I would say I really liked it. It was fun. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. And we played it for maybe six months or so. And then I don't know how long ago it was, probably around December of that year when the, they, they basically announced that because uh, the guy who created the Daisy mod, his name was Dean Hall. And so he created the mod and then he announced that, uh, it, or is, let's see here, the, the mod reached 1 million players in its first four months in 2012, which is crazy. I mean, at the time it was very unique and it was very cool. So then the creators of Arma 2 who made the game that he modded to make this is Bohemia Interactive. So Bohemia said, Daisy is an incredible game. We'd like to hire you to be a project lead and let's make Daisy a standalone game instead of making it a mod for Arma 2. So they decide to make, uh, they decide to pull it out of the modding scene. Now the community still mods the game to this day. They still update Daisy, which is interesting because Dean Hall has nothing really to do with it anymore. So, uh, it officially de uh, began development in 2012 
when Dean Hall officially joined Bohemia Interactive to commence work on the standalone version. So that's in December of 2012, or it's in, in 2012. Uh, the game has since sold 3 million copies, so that's a ton. At Gamescom 2014, it was announced that DayZ would be coming to PlayStation 4, and at E3 2015, it was announced that it would release on Xbox One, with an early access version being released under Xbox's own early access program. So, announced in August of 2012, I'm trying to give you a timeline here of the events. In June, uh, so here's what they said, uh, it released, um, uh, it was announced in August of 2012, uh, let's see here, um, sorry, I'm trying to read through this article and it's just a mess, uh, the game was, uh, there was an update in January 2013 saying that the game was not released because the developers had the chance to go from making a game that was just the mod improved slightly to actually redeveloping the engine to make the game the way we all dreamed it could be. The release date was rescheduled and an internal closed test began on the game and it was announced that public testing would not be taking place until the server architecture was finalized. So in June of 2013... Hall, Dean Hall commented that the alpha release of the game would be very bare-bones alpha in which the development team want a relatively low number of players providing bug reports. The secondary aim of the initial alpha release was to keep the project funded for further development for the full release. So how do you like that? So they were basically releasing the alpha so that people would buy it to give them money so they could keep working on the game. Ugh, it's so frustrating. Um... Hall uh, has stated that he expects the beta release to be at least a year after the alpha. So we're going and we're going. Um, so the first publicly available development build was released on December 16th, 2013, which was when I bought it. So I bought it. Wait, is that right? Was it Was it that day? Let me take a look. Six, the 16th. So I, I bought it three days after it officially came out uh, for, for as a standalone. Um Let's see here. Uh, the price will increase as development continues. The alpha release was an early access build with a large amount of features still in progress. Um, in November of 2014, so this is a year later, it was announced that the final version of the game will be releasing in 2016. In November 2017, the game is still in alpha development. And then on November 28th, a status report was released which disclosed that Daisy would not be coming out of alpha until 2018. And so now recently, we've just heard that it will be coming out of alpha... Uh, will be coming out of uh alpha in 2018 so all i can really say to this is jesus i mean what the hell so again this is almost like kickstarter except a little worse because we paid the money directly to them so we gave them money to continue making this game that we thought would turn into something else because the idea of daisy was originally you the the process was eventually you could build bases you could do other things you could farm you could loot you could build vehicles you could do all this sort of stuff and then exist in this world with zombies but then also take on other players do other things none of that stuff is in the game the game is almost identical to when i played it in 2013 i recently played it like a few months ago and the game literally plays exactly the same they haven't in my opinion from an outsider from four years ago till now they haven't changed anything and how crazy is that so i'm i'm very happy i guess that uh daisy um, you know, is coming out, I guess, but man, talk about a game that was forgotten. And I'll tell you this, I think they've only made this announcement because they've clearly seen player, their player base dwindling. And in a game like this, you have to have active servers with active players always playing. And I, I, I mean, I think they're just trying to keep their game relevant. And this is a game that 
started off and just exploded. It took over Steam. It took over everything for that year. And then because the developers didn't move their uh, didn't move their butts fast enough, we all got bored of it. And now they're still after four years of me after I bought it four years later, they're still plugging away at this thing and now saying, hey, we're almost ready to be at alpha four years later. What kind of game stays in alpha for four years? To me, I'm sorry, that's a joke. And I refuse to support this game. I already paid for it. What am I going to do? But to hell with them. And I, I think Bohemia really screwed the pooch on this one. They, they, they should have struck when the iron was hot. They took their time and their crap in the bed. Now, I could say I could apply that same sort of reasoning to what Blue Hole is currently doing with Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Because if you want to stay relevant, you got to move and you can't you can't just do these slow trickle out updates every six months. You have to be constantly improving the game and keeping it relevant. And I don't know if they're doing that. And I don't know if they'll be able to do that. Obviously they've got a ton of competition coming into the battlegrounds market now. And I don't know. I don't see them staying relevant unless they really start picking up the number of, of um, updates and new things that they add. Now they finally got the desert map coming out. That's supposed to be coming out soon. They're going to preview it at the video game awards and yeah, uh, I guess we'll see what happens, but that's day Z. And if you've never played it, there's some really interesting videos you can watch where people would do like legitimate, people would do legitimate like stick ups in the game. Cause you can get handcuffs. You can actually handcuff people in the game. And so you'd have people at night that would actually like, you know, threaten to kill people if they didn't, you know, let them handcuff. And some people would role play it and they would actually let them get handcuffed. And some people would try to fight and run and get shot. So there was some interesting videos you can watch. It's some really fun stuff, but the actual game itself is not what we were promised just like so many other games just failed promises but you know back in the day when they failed promises on games like resident evil 2 or resident evil 1.5 that got canceled and turned into resident evil 2 at least we didn't pay for the game in advance and that's what's frustrating me now is that we're funding development they're not taking that responsibility seriously and the responsibility is on our shoulders to always to, to bear all the weight of the development costs. And I think that's crap because what is the incentive for that company to finally release this game? They don't care. They've already got the money. They've already sold 3 million copies of the standalone. They, they made their money on it. They probably paid for the last four years of development. Now you could argue that, uh, they sunk a bunch of money into it, like a bunch of idiots, because if, if they were really going to abandon it, they should have abandoned it years ago while they still had all this money. But if they made the game good enough, it could have a resurgence, especially with games like PUBG being successful. What if you did a day Z, battlegrounds game right so you do a little bit different maybe there's still zombies around but it's still a battlegrounds game so you can loot but there's still npcs something cool right maybe probably not <laughs> but they've already got our money so you know they have to try to somehow find another three million suckers to buy the game so they can now be profitable because they've pissed away all the extra profits from the game over the course of the last four years of like quite frankly what appears to be almost nothing done to the game it feels not different to me at all it doesn't it doesn't even I can't, I couldn't even notice a change that they made as crazy as that sounds. Um, and then lastly, I want to talk a little bit about destiny Two because last week we covered the story about how they were going to do a, they originally supposed to do like a stream of some of the Osiris stuff. And they wanted to show like, do like a community stream where they, the developers showed off parts of the game. And after all the backlash, uh, around the video we talked about last week, which was us talking about the experience I don't want to say the gains, but the, the, the lack of clarity when it came to how they were distributing experience. Basically, they lied and said people who were farming hard were not earning the experience the game said they were earning. So they were basically very, they were very calculated in their, um, 
I don't shadiness, I guess I would say they were trying to, in their words, they were trying to make it so that the people who grind slowly get just as much experience as the people who grind quickly and who grind really hard. But again, that makes no sense. Why, why would you reward people that don't work as hard as somebody else? But okay, fine, whatever. So they come out and they apologize for that though. And they have said that, uh, they feel that they made a mistake with that. So they're going to be more open about how their experience system works. And they're trying to do that. Uh, so however, today is the release of the first expansion for destiny Two, the first big expansion called curse of Osiris. Uh, okay. Very cool. Um, you know what I find very interesting is that a game that just came out three months ago already has a $20 expansion. So could you imagine that if world of Warcraft came out and three months later, they're like, Hey, if you pay us 20 bucks, we'll get you some more content. What kind of crap is that? And you can't tell me that they did not have this all planned out to be something. Now, I don't care that they had this planned out to be the first big expansion. I care that you have to pay for it because when you're paying 60 bucks for a base game, what you're getting is not $60 worth of content. And then they expect you to pay another $20 just three months after it comes out. That is garbage to me. And that is a real, really crappy practice because if you ever notice like how wow works after an expansion, so Legion came out for two years, they do two years of free updates and free content additions, new instances, new things to do, new ways to keep the player engaged. Destiny 2 makes a $60 game and then three months later expects you to dole out $20 more. This is why I don't play Destiny. And this is why I think Bungie's really turned to, sh- to, to stuff. I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep my podcast PG here. So they really turned to crap. But I get really passionate talking about stuff like this because this is just as bad as EA's microtransactions. And if we allow this to continue and if we don't, if we don't stop playing these games, then they're going to keep doing it. And, and I can't imagine all the people who basically bought Destiny 2 because they love the first one. They had a lot of fun with it. Everyone I know who played Destiny 2 really liked it for a month. And then everyone fell off the wagon. So for the last two months, either people have stopped playing it or they're just doing their dailies and they're just grinding stuff out and they're just bored as hell with the game. So then you're like, okay, finally, some new content is coming out. Excellent. Except you have to pay for it. How crazy is that? I'll tell you right now, it's really crazy. You should not have to pay $20 three months after a game comes out to play more stuff, especially if you want your game to be a long-lasting games as a service, as EA calls it. If you want people to, or, or like Activision and, and Bungie call it like a, a, a hobby game where it is your hobby, so you play just this game, like it's all you want to play. So you have this opportunity to rope people in and keep people playing, but you feel it necessary to get another $20 out of them. So you're telling me that to develop this expansion pack, it cost a third of the development cost it cost to make the entire game of Destiny 2? I highly doubt that, and I think that sucks, and I really hate it. Now, of course, you could buy the $35 uh, season pass for Destiny 2, and then you'd get this content as part of that and then save money in the long run. But an extra, So you basically have to pay $100 minimum, $95 minimum, to play all of Destiny 2's content. Yeah, thumbs up, you guys. Bungie, that sucks. You suck. I'm not sorry about saying it. I think Destiny 2 as a game is very mediocre and it's going to lose a lot of players. And I I don't know why people play it, quite honestly. I I think of all the other games out there to play that you could play as a hobby, Destiny 2 should just burn (laughs) because it's just not, it's not fun. It's not entertaining when they milk you for money like this. And then they, they starve you for content and then they starve you for content. And then they come to you and say, Hey, you want a bottle of water? 
It's only a hundred bucks, but hey, got a bottle of water here. You're really thirsty, you guys. You're really thirsty and hungry for new content. I got food and water here. It's like when you go to a the movie theater, right? You're already just getting pounded on the theater ticket price. You pay $13 or whatever for a movie now. It's ridiculous. And then it's like, you know, I'd like to get a bottle of water because I'm not going to get popcorn. I'm trying to watch my figure. You know, my, my, this, you don't get a body like mine, uh, by eating movie theater popcorn. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but you go there and a thing of popcorn is like $7. You get, for $3, you can get like six bags of microwave popcorn. There's like 10 times the total of that, but okay, fine. But you're at a movie theater and you want popcorn. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get popcorn. I'm watching my physique, right? Gonna get a bottle of water. Guess how much a large bottle of Aquafina water costs at the movie theater? Four dollars and fifty cents for a bottle of water. What the hell is going on in the world when you have to pay four dollars fifty cents for a bottle of water at a movie theater? So same thing. Destiny Two is starving you. They gave you a game that they wanted you to play for a long time, but they didn't give you end game content. And then they release end game content just three months later and say, by the way, you should pay $20 for it. What a bunch of trash. I'm sorry to anyone who loves destiny Two. I don't have a problem. If you like the game, play it if you must, but tell me that doesn't feel messed up, right? Like tell me that they don't think that's bull crap that uh, you paid 60 bucks for a game, sometimes 80 if you wanted the extra DLC codes or whatever. You pay that much for a game and now you're expected to pay $20 more just three months later? I mean, don't get me wrong. If this is a year later and they come out with a $20 expansion pack, okay, they've been working for a year to develop new content. But three months, give me a freaking break. It's unbelievable. And we gotta stop supporting crappy practices like this. Come on. Shame on you, Bungie. Shame on you. Because you guys were the people that made some really good stuff back in the day. Halo 1 and 2. You made some incredible games. You got a huge fan base based off those incredible games. And then you milked us. And now you're milking us. And and this just sucks. And I'm no longer a Bungie fan. I'm not gonna play Destiny 2 ever. And I hope more people make the same decision as me. Because, quite frankly... I wish that these guys would see some sort of dent in their wallet. And I think that their player base is dwindling quite a bit. I'd love to see the numbers of concurrent players on Destiny 2 now compared to launch. Now, like any MMO type game, it's oh, the numbers are always going to boost with an expansion. But let's see how long they boost and see. Because then I'm sure, oh, let's see, it was three months later. So what happens in three months? It's March. So in three months, well, February, February, March, let's do three. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's four months. So in March, I'm sure we'll have another $20 expansion pack. And by the time it's all said and done, you'll have to have paid like an extra, unless you bought the season pass up front, you know, unless you bought the season pass, unknowing what extra content you'd get, you just have to blindly give them money in hopes of that they'll make more stuff for you. So if you don't do that, then the only thing you can do is pay $20 probably three or four times before this game has run its course content wise so that puts you at the 20 20 20 20 it's 800 uh, 80 bucks plus the original 60 140 bucks to play destiny 2 over the course of two years yeah th- th- i'm gonna give you the raspberry and i'm gonna say thumbs down screw it not doing it uh all right and that's all i really want to talk about today that was a, that was a pretty good destiny 2 rant at the end there. i got a little more fired up than i thought i would uh so i want to come up with a game recommendation for you guys all to play uh this one's going to be an interesting one so i'm going to recommend on game boy advance uh, a game called dragon ball z legacy of goku uh now they did legacy goku one and two then they did uh legacy goku 
was it Legacy of Goku? Technically, it was called like Dragon Ball Z Boo's Fury. And then they did Dragon Ball GT Transformation. Those were all part of the same generation of games, basically. Now, imagine it as a top-down action game like Legend of Zelda, but with Dragon Ball Z. And you uh, you level up, and you go through... The first game takes you all the way through the Frieza saga, and then the next game takes you all the way through the Cell saga. The next one takes you through the Boo saga. Just like how the you know most games do that, because they want to have enough content for the next game they make. But it's a really good top-down action game. It's really fun. And it's... Um, how do I want to say this? It's... I don't know if you're if even if you're not a fan of the show it's got really good controls it's really fun follows the story of the game though or of the of the tv series uh but if you're a dragon ball z fan you got to play it. just a, a really good live action game uh also another really good dragon ball z game on the ds is called attack of the saiyans which is actually like a turn-based rpg which is awesome because on the super famicom there was a really good turn-based dragon ball z rpg that we never got here in the states uh, but it's really fun and uh, if so if you can find a translated rom of it or, or you can buy it on a reproduction cart highly recommended it was it was actually quite good um but that's it for today guys i always appreciate you listening or uh watching on youtube however you're uh however you're you're reaching out to us if you are on youtube i'd love if you could uh smash that subscribe button and and any likes shares and thumbs up you can give us is so appreciated and uh if you're listening to us on itunes uh thank you and soundcloud thank you uh if you want to, you could also head over to YouTube and like us on there. We're at uh, the drop rate. If you go to the website droprate.life, it will redirect you to our YouTube page. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at droprategreg. That's Greg with two G's at the end. I sometimes spot out nonsense about video games, and uh, that's about it. So anyway, I always appreciate you guys listening. This is super fun for me. We hit a milestone last week at episode 50. We're just going to keep pounding through episode 51 over here and we're on to episode 52 next week appreciate you guys love you listening everyone take care hope you all have a great day